0: Hey everybody, it's Dave Chang here. While we're on the short hiatus, we will be releasing some of our favorite episodes from our other podcast, Recipe Club. Thank you all for supporting that one as well. It was something that came out of the past year and a half and has been a real joy for all those involved. It does take a lot of work, but we do love it. It is so much fun. So today we have Gyoza. Featuring our dear friend Priya Krishna. And I don't remember if I won or lost, but seeing that I've only won three episodes out of, say, 25, pretty sure I didn't win this one. And uh, Priya had a good record. I think she won this one. It's funny regardless. Please make this dish, all three, except Priya's. Don't make Priya's dish. Make mine. No, I'm joking. All three gyoza recipes are really good. I love making gyoza. In fact, I'll probably make some this week. So stay tuned for a podcast episode of Recipe Club on the Dave Chang Show, which is on hiatus. Promise you we will be back soon. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Welcome to Recipe Club, where we take recipes that are very popular, and we have a battle royale to see who actually has the best recipe. And uh, I have uh, one, maybe one. Chris has definitely won zero. And we have a rotating (laughs) guest for a third. And this week, we have multiple winner with an asterisk on maybe a couple of those wins. Priya Krishna. Welcome, Priya.
2: Really? An asterisk? I mean,
0: frankly, I would rather win zero than maybe one.
1: I mean, maybe one, one, it's not that good.
0: (laughs) We won't have to get into it. People that have followed the rest of the club, all they have to do is listen and realize that there are very debatable. I don't want to sound like Donald Trump and the election here, but, (laughs) you know, it, it could very well be Priya Krishna and Four Seasons Total Landscaping. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm just going
1: to make you a little hat that says, I don't want to sound like Donald Trump, but yeah. dot, dot, dot. And you can just wear that around and you can stop saying it. You can just say whatever You're you are looking a lot
0: man. like Rudy Giuliani with dye dripping down the side of your head, Chris. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very anxious. <laughs> um, Well, you guys aren't listening for our terrible jokes about the election or our jokes about Recipe Club itself. You are listening to hear us give you pragmatic advice about the do's and don'ts, about our opinions about these recipes. And this week, because Priya won the last Recipe Club, or that's debatable, but she won. (laughs) And on the wheel of recipes, (laughs) the wheel of recipes she landed on gyoza. And we have each come with a gyoza recipe. Can you guys go over the rules really quickly, Chris? And Priya, do you want to talk about gyoza and what it means to you? But Yang, the rules, please.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as always, Priya, Dave, and myself each chose one gyoza recipe. And we'll get into what a gyoza uh, is in a moment. But uh, we chose from the... 10.4 million plus recipes that turn up when you Google this. Um, we actually came with three three pretty different recipes from three very different sources, I think. But let's talk about gyoza generally. I think, Priya, at the end of the last episode, when it, when it landed on gyoza, you asked for some clarification on what exactly a gyoza is.
2: Yeah, because my understanding is that it's Japanese, but what's the difference between... Gyoza and say like a mandu or a Chinese dumpling. Does is gyoza always pan fried? Is it always steamed? My gyoza knowledge is very limited.
1: <laughs> so I think without <laughs> without much support for this, uh, and with no linguistics background, gyoza as we we're talking about them today is the Japanese word for a pot sticker. Uh, I think that it probably
0: derives. What the fuck is a pot sticker and what's the etymology of that word?
2: Well, they they literally stick to Just the pot. Stick to it's the pot. Yeah, but who, who, who
0: came up with that? It wasn't a Japanese person or a Chinese person or a Korean person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh I think actually that the Chinese term guotie, which is what we call pot stickers, means it sticks to the pot. So in this instance the anglicization really? is is acceptable i
0: always without my my fake news mind was like that's definitely not of asian origin
1: but you know what it is it's a little bit like one of those situations where like a literal translation sounds pretty goofy right like people you know that you know the dish um Mouth watering chicken, the Chinese dish that's, you know, kosway yeah. ji, so it's supposed to be like it's the numbing peppercorn or the the the, the ma la, like the numbing and the and the hot like makes your mouth water. But people always translate that to literally say saliva chicken. And it's just <laughs> like that doesn't work. And and I think it's sort of the same thing at play here, Chang.
0: Well, the only thing that Americans can understand what we're trying to talk about is the Minnesota marketing invention, Ants on a Log. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Are you really going to talk about ants on a log again, well, Dave? Well, i have just given
0: <laughs> you an analogy, guys, because guess what? If you translated that to Chinese, it would probably be like, this tastes <laughs> like shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have nothing to do
1: with the name. They would just be like, this is gross. Why do you guys eat this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, ants climbing trees, on the other hand, that is a... Yeah. Uh, Very delicious dish. Um, but... Okay, pot stickers. because I hate it when I see the name pot sticker. Does that bother you guys at all? Well, do you hate
1: it because you felt like it was just the Western world giving a perverse call name it to something? Jiaozi,
0: you know, yeah. call it uh-huh. what it is. You know, I don't call kimchi um, fiery red pickled <laughs> cabbage. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, like we don't call sauerkraut Lacto fermented cabbage. <laughs> I mean, unless you're a fancy restaurant, yeah, you right. Just, like, yeah, it's right. true. That is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> the word lacto fermented would even hit menus. Good God! But that's what I'm trying to say is the the name pot sticker to me. Yes, its origins mean pot sticker in in Mandarin. But why has that translated to American? I mean, to English and Sauerkraut hasn't. Gyoza hasn't. You know, it's mm-hmm. like pot stickers. You see that, I think you go to TGI Fridays and you see like pot stickers. Yep. That pisses me off.
2: So I want to be sort of upfront about my ignorance when it comes to gyoza. Uh, when we're talking about sort of my background with gyoza, uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Dallas. My exposures to it were at P.F. Chang's and the Cheesecake Factory, where it was on the menu as potstickers, and they often served like duck sauce on the side. But like that being said, I feel like I've really come out swinging these past podcasts. Like I love gyoza, like <laughs> even bad gyoza, I I love. So like, well, I'm- that's cl-
0: that's clear. That's clear. <laughs> <from the history.
2: laughs>
0: oh shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, let's talk about let's talk about a good and a bad gyoza. So, and and actually, our our own personal backgrounds with these. So, Priya, you're a little bit new to making gyoza or potstickers or jiaozi or guotia. Uh, I have a long history of dumpling making, but I will admit that my family didn't really make. i it just going to piss you off if I say potstickers over and over again here, Dave. Uh, potstickers. Frankly, when we ate pot stickers as a kid, they usually came frozen out of the Costco Ling Ling bag with a little panda bear <laughs> on it. Uh, that was probably the pot sticker we ate most at home. But we made, we fold, I have folded many, many thousands of dumplings in my day. And I never really made this Japanese gyoza. And Chen, can you, do you have an idea of what
0: sort of defines a Japanese versus Chinese gyoza? I have, again, like most things, no historical data to support what I'm about to say. Uh, this is effectively the Recipe Club QAnon version.
2: <laughs> Great. <laughs> this is how Jesus it all starts. Christ.
0: I believe that everything culinary-related came from China, and at least from Asia. Gyoza is jiaozi. Mandu is a version of jiaozi. So there's dumplings all over Asia, but as it goes to gets to Japan, the gyoza is a thinner wrapper, and... Feel that the farce is typically some kind of pork, ginger, cabbage. That mm-hmm. seems to be the, the, the universal farce. But in terms of the shape, the Japanese goza are almost always a little bit more delicate, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Korean dumplings, mandu, vary quite a bit throughout the region. And a lot of the dumpling comes from China. So you have wang mandu's the different kinds of mandu's and they're very very similar to chinese dumplings in fact i think you'd be hard pressed to say there's a difference other than the names and the ingredients cuz oftentimes you'll see things like kimchi in the dumpling and they're all very very similar it's 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 like i don't even know a comparison because they're very similar yet they're a little bit different but i'd always argue that the japanese gyoza is probably the worst of the three countries because <laughs> they don't care about it. And they care about it, but they don't care, care <laughs> about it. But how how prevalent is the pan fried versus the s- steamed dumpling in, in Korean mandu, do you think? It's almost always steamed or boiled. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the wang mandu is the bigger ones. They're giant and they're amazing. But they're, again, they're Chinese in origin. And again, a lot of the times you get gyoza in in uh, in Japan, at least from my experience, were at ramen shops or Chinese restaurants that served Chinese food. Uh, rarely would you ever get it in a Chinese, re- I mean a Japanese restaurant. And before the ramen boom, where you have tonkotsu broth and, you know, sukemen and all this other stuff, the ramen shop in Japan were all Chinese-based. And you'd always get a side of gyotsa or chahan. So mm-hmm. all of this is all a variation of something that would come from China.
1: The interesting the reason why I asked you Chang, if if the Korean mandu is is you know pan fried or boiled and is uh because I think correct me if I'm wrong but I think like the only like dumpling culture of Japan is like the pan fried gyoza. They don't do steamed or boiled gyoza really. Like if you're going to go around like you really only have the pan fried version. Mm. Um so I think that's a defining characteristic of the Japanese Gyoza is that it's pan fried. I think you're but right. You that do
0: see, you do see in uh, on the street and in a lot of the convenient convenience marts, uh, nikuman, which is the the giant steamed bun, mm-hmm. right? Like more, so, yeah, the, the bun. They, but they that's that's a very different kind of dumpling, but a dumpling nonetheless. So,
1: yeah, um, as far as like the the Jiiaozu like descendants, I think like the the pan fried is the only one that you really find in in Japanese cuisine. It's also like you said, Chang, I think generally the idea is that it's much a thinner wrapper than like a northern Chinese dumpling, which you know, again, I think the thinner wrapper lends itself better to to pan frying anyway. So that's that's what a gyoza is. Should we start talking a little bit about uh, the three recipes we've brought to the table here today? Wait, wait, wait.
0: I've been to the Gyoza Museum.
1: Oh, well, let's talk about this this one
0: then. You know, (laughs) a lot of things we filmed in Ugly Delicious never made it, right? We filmed so much. (laughs) We filmed so much and things get edited out. But we went in the dumpling episode uh, to Yokohama to the Yokohama Gyoza Museum and we had like the museum the food museums in Japan are amazing because whether you're the ramen shop a ramen museum or gyoza museum they literally take the best of every region's gyoza or ramen and they bring the operators to the museum and they like just you know it's like the best food court so you have oh my
2: god that sounds amazing
0: all gyoza from all over Japan and I spent like five hours there just stuffing my face because you got to take breaks. But the one thing I realized is as delicious as they all are. And when I, I'm not trying to besmirch gyoza. I love gyoza. I just think it's not as good as it could be, right? That's all. I think I'm with you though. I mean, I think
1: my platonic ideal of a dumpling just across all dumplings is a thicker, chewier skin. It's probably steamed or boiled which is not what a gyoza is. But I think the platonic ideal of a gyoza is a thin wrapper that eats well, meaning like the filling doesn't outlast the wrapper and the wrapper doesn't outlast the filling.
0: I think it's got to be crispy. And I think it's got to be juicy. Can I add one thing? And then hopefully we can get started just as another difference. (laughs) Is what do you think is more understood from a Western perspective? The Chinese dumpling? The, The, you know, the wonton? Or the gyoza,
2: I, I don't think I like. I frankly don't think that Americans have like any nuance of understanding between. I think well, let's dumplings just be We say
1: Americans because we're all oh, Americans. Yeah, fair too. enough.
2: <laughs> I that's true. I always call my mom out for that. Yeah, I don't. I think that among people who are not parts of those communities, I don't know if there's a lot of nuance in their understanding. Because
0: from the American Chinese restaurant, you have the the wonton that is wrapped like a tortellini and deep fried. I've eaten those my entire life. Delicious. Yep. But like that is certainly more Chinese. And the funny thing about gyoza is you don't, where do you buy it? <laughs> you know, where do you buy gyoza other than even like fried? Like where do you see gyoza in a menu?
1: You mean steamed or you mean pot stickers?
0: You mean. is it, Or do you, is it just pot stickers, right? But when is the last time you guys actually bought a gyoza in a restaurant?
2: For for me, it was at those um, hibachi restaurants where they do the onion yeah. volcanoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, shout outs to Benihana.
0: But that's a strange thing because it's something you rarely find, but it's so synonymous, at least in food culture, that everyone knows what a gyoza is.
1: I think the gyoza speaks more to the kind of Western ideals, right? It's it's got brownness and it's crispy. Mm-hmm. I think that steamed and boiled dumplings fall into the large category of foods cooked in water that come out white that uh like western cultures aren't really down with
2: yeah i agree and i think also the sort of boiled dumplings they have more of a chew to them and i feel like that that chewy texture is not as appreciated on this side of the world as it is in the east
1: all right are we ready to get into these recipes here are we ready to talk about the, the three we've chosen here i'll i'll do a quick overview of what We've chosen, and then we'll get into uh, one by one. So, um, I think my recipe is probably the most classical Japanese gyoza. I was stor- uh, stolen from Naoko Takei Moore's Instagram, uh, who is the author of the very excellent Donabe cookbook and, and um, runs Toiro Kitchen. Excellent source of. Uh, Japanese ceramics. She posted this sort of incidentally, I think maybe like a day or two before or after we had chosen gyoza. Um, And it's a really straightforward pork and cabbage classic dumpling from her family. Um, Chang and Priya both elected to choose vegetable, vegetarian, or vegan gyoza. Uh, Chang's is from Just One Cookbook, who is a very, very, very popular Japanese food blogger um, here in my neck of the woods in San Francisco. Uh, the filling is is tofu, cabbage, mushrooms, carrots, onion. And Priya chose a roasted kabocha and vegetable dumpling from Andrea Wynn, uh, another excellent cookbook writer. This one came from her blog, right? From Viet World yeah, Kitchen? Yeah, from
2: Viet World Kitchen.
1: And uh, it's a sort of multi-purpose Dumpling That's that all, can be. Th- th-
2: Dave, this is, Dave this you this could wait a- to Mitch- shit on this recipe. No, no, no. It's a
0: very Mitch McConnell move of what you just did. Right? <laughs> Me? No, not you, Chris. What Priya <laughs> did. Andrea Wynn, one of the great cookbook authors of our generation. And you chose a recipe that I didn't like. <laughs> oh, for sure. She she definitely chose like an unimpeachable yeah. author. <laughs> very Mitch McConnell of you. Very, very, very Mitch McConnell.
2: We'll get to my recipe later. Are we right. ta- who are we talking about? I'll first? go. I'll
0: go first. I obviously wanted to choose a traditional gyoza, and again, for all of my gyoza talk, I've probably eaten more gyoza than any other dumpling in my life uh, because I lived in Japan. I would eat gyoza all the time because they're cheap and affordable, and the traditional filling is pork and cabbage or leek, some variant of the jiaozi in, in northern China. But my goal was to be like the Korean turtle ship and not win or lose. I wanted to choose a recipe simply to defeat Priya. And I had to choose a vegetarian recipe knowing Priya hates meat. She hates chicken. She hates turkey. She hates ham. She hates pork. She hates beef. Mashed potatoes. She hates everything. Anything that doesn't have texture or delicious. I was like, Aha. I have to get back to my roots. I got to play my game. My game isn't trying to win out. My game is to beat other people, even if I have to lose. So I had to choose a recipe that I genuinely didn't care about. But I (laughs) cared.
2: Okay, you know what's crazy, Dave, is I literally turned to Seth and was like, Seth, this may not be the winning recipe, but as long as Dave loses... I'm fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh of my course, God. I chose one of the most popular vegetarian <laughs> ones on the internet. And I wanted to go because I knew she'd choose some dumpling. And I got in the head of Priya. This is a lot like uh, an analysis of paper, rock, scissors, like, which is the ultimate game of, of, of chance because you have to understand your opponent. <laughs> and <laughs> I thought Priya was going to throw rock. And she did. And not a surprise. And also it was like a twist. She wasn't going to do a traditional vegetarian. I almost knew she was going to choose some different variation of a vegetarian dumpling. And she did. So I want to go with a very traditional vegetarian dumpling farce. I made it. It's fine. I know it's not going to win, but I know it's better than curious. That's all I'll have to say. I have nothing else to add.
2: Oh, can I, can I talk a little bit about my recipe? Okay. Okay. So, um, first off, Dave, the joke's on you because when it comes to dumplings, I like meat dumplings quite a bit—not just <laughs> veggie dumplings. So, jokes on you. You know,
1: reversal of fortune.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I know very little about dumplings, but someone I know who does is Andrea Nguyen, who wrote um, a book all about dumplings. I have made many of her recipes. I love her book, Vietnamese Food Any Day. I love what she's done for. Vietnamese cooking and more broadly Asian cooking in America. So I was like, I think she's my, she's my gal. I just got to find a good recipe, but it was hard to find. She makes a lot of regional variations. So I think this was the one that felt the closest to a gyoza. I think I read like six different dumpling recipes from hers. So I chose this one because it felt the most gyoza like, not because it was the one where the filling sounded the most delicious, but when I started like reading her blog post about it, you know, the like squash dumplings are a thing. They are delicious. It is squash season. So I was like, okay, you know, it's the fall. A squash dumpling is probably not going to taste bad. It'll probably beat Dave's veggie dumpling. So that's fine with me.
1: <laughs> Dave, you wanted to start. So let's talk about your recipe. Can you talk about the methodology of the veggie, vegan dumpling that you brought to the table? She's
2: taking notes. Priya's taking
0: notes. She's ready to combat <laughs> me, man. Let's right, go. go on. Guys, I, already, I let's, have let's, my um, notes that I right, took on
2: your recipe let's, already.
1: Let's, t- let's scale back the, the, the warfare here and, and do something for the listeners. Uh, Cheng, talk about your dumplings.
0: It's a great recipe. You should look it up. It's basically two kinds of mushrooms with a firm tofu as your sort of farce, garlic, ginger. That's pretty much it. And um, there's some cabbage in there as well, red and green. And it took me a while to understand why the red cabbage was there. Now I understand. Once you puree everything together and you cook it, it looks like a pork farce. It really mock, it's like a mock pork farce. It's also imperative to make the sauces she suggests, because when I first read the recipe, I was like, I would just put that stuff in the, in the dumpling farce, but you don't. So I thought it was really good because a lot of the flavors that are not in the the mixture itself, she has as a dumpling sauce, the gyoza sauce. And it's a very laid out step-by-step recipe. I will tell you, I did not follow the recipe exactly. (laughs) Because the pictures are so good. I was like, well, I can cheat that step. I can cut that step. (laughs) I can go here. And I can tell you right off the bat, I made one giant, giant, misstep that really didn't change the the flavor, but the cooking process was uh, a bit dangerous. Throughout the process of cooking, she suggests that you drain the liquid in each of the steps from the tofu to the cabbage to the final mixture, yours is draining everything. I, lazy man that I am, did none of that. And I paid the price in the 4th of July grease fireworks display when I started to pan fry them without a lid. It was uh, painful. And I paid the price for not following this great recipe. Was there too much liquid in your filling? Is that what, what's what you're talking about? Yes. I burned I burned the hell out of myself and everyone <laughs> around me. And, and I splattered my kitchen with grease everywhere. It took like an hour to clean up. So we here on Recipe Club make dumb decisions so you don't have to. Do not cook <laughs> it like dumb Dave. But it still turned out great. Did
1: you do all... So th- the one thing about this recipe is it is a... Beyond the sort of like draining the, the liquid out of each ingredient, there's a lot of chopping, a lot of dicing. Oh, I didn't, you didn't do that, any
0: of that. I put it straight into the Thermomix. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Well, I did a rough <laughs> chop straight in and I put it on the dough setting, which does like a very rough rough thing, and it came out great. Saved me a lot of time, mainly because I've been looking at my knife, realizing it needs to be sharpened, and I refuse to do it, playing a game of chance. <laughs> yeah, because I'm lazy. I'm a home cook now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this was too much chopping. That's literally, that was my comment. I said so much chopping, and I I ultimately turned to the food processor because there was just so much to do, but I just felt like it was so much chopping but the ratios of the ingredients, i I would have taken a different approach. I found it was too much chopping, and the payout was like a good dumpling, but it was like a little too earthy for me, even with the dipping sauces.
0: Wow. What do you like in life? Do you, <laughs> you, hate, do you hate puppies and rainbows
2: too? i I've, I feel like I have complimented many things about many recipes in Recipe Club. I will, like I said, like I will eat most dumplings. Like I polished off a plate of these, but if we're splitting hairs here, which I, you know, we're trying to find people the best recipes. I've eaten a lot of vegetable dumplings. This wasn't like my all time favorite vegetable dumpling.
0: The one thing I would add if I had to change anything in this recipe, of course, you can use a food processor. That's what I would suggest. Basically, I turned my thermomix into a food processor besides definitely not skipping the step of extracting all the liquid and separating it, I would have added a little bit of like vermicelli noodles or something into it. Mm-hmm. Something that you see quite a bit in Korean cuisine uh, when you'd make mandu, just because it, it, it just adds a little bit of texture and body and nuance. And, but it was still delicious. It was a dumpling that my son ate. And uh, I honestly, with the sauce, you couldn't even tell the meat was missing.
1: I think it is a ton of chopping. I did it all by hand for some ungodly reason. I, you know, actually, frankly, the reason why I did all the chopping by hand was I had realized that I had not used my knife <laughs> to do anything in the kitchen in probably three months. Like I've just become so lazy, uh, and I wanted to. I regret it. It was a ton of chopping. <laughs> it's an incredible amount of chopping. I think I probably doubled the seasoning she called for.
2: I should have done that.
1: Yeah, but I actually take your point too, Dave. Of not adding the sauce ingredients to a dumpling. There's there's some like amazing alchemy of a dumpling sauce on top of a cooked dumpling. Yeah. That's very different than eating just a seasoned dumpling. Like you need that kind of like liquid on top of the wrapper and the kind of like, it's a little saltier at first and then not salty. Just like the, it's not one uniform balance thing.
0: Of all the recipes, she she spent the most time ensuring the best kinds of sauces for the dumpling.
2: Definitely. Yeah, I'll give you for that. Sure. Dave. I think she had really uh,
1: wow. nice wow. Uh, she had nice pleading instructions. I think it was cool that she she sort of pleaded from both sides and met in the middle. I don't know if you guys actually followed those. How are your pleading games? How's your folding game, Chang?
0: Absolutely none. No pleats. <laughs> Just like my pants. <laughs> Priya, how's your how's your pleading game? Mine
2: was not not that great. Um, but Seth's was unsurprisingly incredible. He was definitely some kind of Japanese grandmother in a previous life. He didn't even <laughs> read the instructions and his pleats were perfect.
0: You know, Seth's the kind of guy, <laughs> cook, right? That uh, watches me cook. and He's like, that guy's a professional chef. Uh, oh right? my God. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I have the dexterity too. You know, I, I just, I can't. I, I can't do the pleats. I'm not going to make, you know, Zhao I just can't do it. I have hand stone. I actually have nerve damage, truthfully, so it's hard for me to do certain <laughs> things. But I do having made enough of these in my life, I know once you seal it, it's going to be fine. Yeah. So you don't need to do the pleats. It's certainly just aesthetic. So I didn't do it on any of these.
2: I, I do have to say, um, one thing that I found like super pleasing about this is like I did not grow up, you know fleeting dumplings in large batches with family members. But I actually texted Chris this. I found it to be like such a soothing activity. Um, I did this the day after like Biden was declared the winner of the election. And that was just like such a intense day. And I feel like this was like, I was so anxious. And this was like the most anxiety decreasing activity Nick, like highly recommend for anxiety. I think you were like,
1: yeah. you were so happy to be doing it. You text me you were like, this is hmm. really good for
0: my mental health. I didn't get a text. Huh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was making Chris's recipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so listen, I, I think
0: this is a great vegetarian recipe and I just wanted it to be Priya. That's all.
1: That's like, uh, not only vegetarian vegan I think as it's written right mm-hmm. is that true guys and then i mean that that was the one thing i was going to say though I, uh, chang like you would have added vermicelli noodles i i maybe just cuz like i I'm, I'm used to kind of meat dumplings but i wouldn't have minded like a some egg in there or something to bind it to make it like a little bit more less crumbly i think in the I filling, agree. but it's a super like delicious i think it's a really delicious yeah some fat i think it's a delicious
0: well then you, yeah i dumpling. mean what uh, i didn't Even look at the bottom part of the recipe of how to cook it because I saw the photo. I was like, I'm not going to cook it like that. I I put in a lot of oil. I cooked it like a Chinese person, not like (laughs) what's in the book. Well,
1: she so she interestingly, yeah. I mean, like basically, all pot sticker cooking methodology is some variation on stick the raw dumplings into a nonstick pan with oil. Then put water in, so they steam. Once the water is evaporated, keep cooking until they're they're brown and crispy. But yeah, I, I think that some of the fat comes from there, and also from the chili oil at the end too. Yeah, I also appreciated. Sorry, last thing on this recipe, I appreciated that she put forth her preferred brand of wrapper.
0: Mm-hmm. She didn't
1: really explain why she preferred this brand, but she suggested a brand, and uh, I'm just somebody who, who, and it'll it'll come out when we talk about Prius recipe, like the thickness of the wrapper.
0: Uh, speaking of
1: Priya's recipe.
2: Yeah. Do you want me to do it? <laughs> should we talk about it? Yeah. yeah was talk about
0: the disservice you did to Andrea.
2: <laughs> Please go ahead. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I really liked, I really liked this recipe. I loved the combination of like the ginger shallot uh, and squash. Um, I will say that I omitted the celery because I just, I just don't like celery. You can't celery. do that. Dave, are you kidding me? You cannot say that. <laughs> Dave, Dave, you definitely Dave dares cannot to say that. you can't
1: make changes. <laughs> you can't do that.
2: <laughs> I just did more squash and, and and no celery because I love, like, I had a really, really nice kabocha squash. It was super sweet. Um, parsnip? Did you omit the parsnip too? Did I omit the what? Parsnip? No, no, no. I did the parsnip. The parsnip was nice. I omitted the parsnip. No you omitted the parsnip. Oh, all turn right, off well. the.
0: I'm turning this off. I'm. I'm walking <laughs> away.
1: <laughs> I just. I didn't. I didn't. I. I frankly, I couldn't find a, a parsnip for some reason at my grocery, but I also had a bunch of daikon radish I wanted to use up, so I just threw that in there instead. Oh,
2: that's a good idea. Um, thank the you. The one thing I will say. Um, I thought this recipe was was really nice. It was like very uh, sweet. With like nice salty acidic dipping sauce, like I just felt like the contrasts were really really nice. It was easy to follow. Um, it was so much less work than Dave's veggie dumpling. Like probably like <laughs> a quarter of the amount of chopping. Whoa
0: whoa 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 whoa. Your <laughs> might be more chopping on mine for sure, but again, if you have some ingenuity, you use a food processor. Done. But yours, you can slice an artery. Chopping a chopping a kabocha squash is
2: dangerous work. Oh my god! I would <laughs> oh say god. that's the hardest part of the recipe is chopping the squash.
1: Did you guys do you guys leave the kabocha skin on or, or or peel it off when you fill the dumplings?
2: I I peeled it off. Um, hmm. and I and I actually used a potato masher and mashed the squash a little bit because I like I just felt like I was gonna prefer the like ma- silky mashed texture to like the cubes. Of squash, and I'm glad you were that shooting I did for a
1: butternut squash ravioli. Is what you were shooting for? You well, wanted little <laughs> brown butter. If you're
2: sauce. gonna like whitewash my gyoza. no no no
1: no no. <laughs> I, I I what I actually I liked about this recipe was I loved her kabocha roasting instructions, which were just rub the thing with soy sauce and throw it in an oven. Great, mm-hmm. I loved that. I think the filling is a nice dumpling filling. I think it's a really. I didn't read bad, that part of the
0: instruction. <laughs>
2: Dave. You, uh, didn't went straight raw. you
0: didn't roast the kabocha? No, I went straight into the microwave.
2: What? Dave, that's the whole point. <laughs> I think it's is called roasting. a roasted
0: kabocha squash.
2: Dumpling. Uh, did you season it? Did you did you add soy sauce? Of course. Okay.
0: But I I, I didn't roast it because I just plopped the whole thing because I uh, in the microwave. Then, you know, made it soft. And then I put everything in the thermomix.
2: This is at this point just not like. There's a huge difference in roasting versus microwaving squash.
0: But I not not really because I added agave and MSG to yours to get that <laughs> sweetness and the, so, some of that Maillard. So it tasted probably better than your roasted squash. Why are you shaking your head, Priya? You you admitted celery.
1: <laughs> uh, Do you agree or disagree with this, Chang? I I think this is a. A nice dumpling filling. I think it's a poor gyoza filling.
0: I love the cookbook recipe author. She's one of the very best that we have. I knew I didn't want to add the celery. I did it anyway because I think celery is only good in a couple things, in Sichuan food and in chicken noodle soup and in mirepoix, but not in a dumpling. I thought it was overpowering for me. Also, the parsnip was a little bit strange for me. I could see how omitting those things could have been really good. I also think that it seemed to me just would be a better tortellini farce than a traditional gyoza filling. I mean, that's sort of what I'm saying. I so for like all I of, wanted, add, I wanted to cook it in burnt and add some sage. <laughs> so that's that's totally that's totally going fair. For Butternut squash ravioli. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know what? That would have been delicious. It, I don't think there was anything wrong with the recipe. Genuinely, it was just. So out of my comfort zone to eat a gourd filling gyoza that I didn't know how to like, uh, you know, I had no idea how to feel about it. It was very, very pushed me out out of my comfort zone. Chris, what do you what do you what do you think about this recipe? Well, for all of Chang's shortcutting
1: and the omissions made, I fucking made up for it by doing extra credit. I made this filling and I used multiple thicknesses of wrappers and multiple cooking methods to determine what I really felt about this. And that's how I reached my conclusion that like, this is first of all, mashing the kabocha squash Priya is probably the only way you can really make this because if you actually, if you genuinely use thin gyoza wrappers and you use like a roast squash, like I can't tell you how many holes I poked in gyoza as I was trying to fold these fuckers. Um, it's good with thick wrappers. It's good, thick, and uh, like you guys are saying, a little bit more like a ravioli steamed or boiled or something. It's it's it was just better that way. And the the filling matched a thicker wrapper better than it did a thin one. So um that's where I am on this one. Uh last recipe is probably the most traditional, which is uh the one I crib from Naoko Takay Moore. Uh, cabbage that you are supposed to blanch to to sort of remove excess water from, and then chop up, mix with ground pork, onion, garlic, ginger. Uh, she calls for potato starch. I couldn't find my potato starch.
0: Cornstarch suffices, plenty fine. Um, well, you didn't. Then you didn't follow my recipe well because my recipe needed potato starch. What you we do? We use
2: cornstarch too. Cornstarch, dude.
0: Yeah. Again, did you these use are potato all, uh... starch, chick? Did you of use potato starch? I mean, Of, of course, course you. Like you did.
1: That's the first thing you've followed in a recipe in, the li- in this entire podcast. Uh, it, it doesn't, you know, break any new ground. It's not a, a revelation. But to me, it's a damn fine pot sticker, Damn fine gyoza.
2: Chris, I love this recipe. Like... Woo! I, I I even texted Chris and Chris was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you're going to text me all these things on the record about how much you <laughs> love this recipe? Like, I liked it so much that I texted Chris. Like, this is a fantastic recipe. It is the kind of recipe that makes you want to make dumplings frequently because it's not terribly hard to make. The instructions are really clear and careful. You can make a nice big batch of it. Um, I ended up... Cooking some, freezing a few, uh, and then bringing the frozen ones to a good friend of mine who'd actually just lost her mom. And it just felt like such a true expression of love with such like a big flavor, easy to make dumpling that was just like made with care. And Chris, I think, I think you got your W with this <laughs> recipe. Like, <laughs> I think it was fantastic.
1: I think the point you're making there, Priya, is, 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 I mean, thank you. But I, I think um, that's the other aspect of like making the pleats and the dumplings. It's not just an aesthetic thing. Like dumplings are a pain in the ass. And like the fact that they're a pain in the ass is essential to their being. <laughs> like you make the pleats to show that like, oh, I took the time to do this decorative mm-hmm. extra thing because I care. And I want you to see that I cared. It doesn't really add to the flavor of the thing.
0: There's more than one way to show that you care. And I disagree with that statement. I to go.
1: Chang just brings unpleated dumplings to his loved ones with like a $100 bill inside of it. Just like, here you go. I care. It's a very classic recipe. I think it's a classic recipe. The only sort of improvement I would make to it is I I would omit the whole blanching cabbage step. I'm sure Chang did the same. Guess what I did. Microwaving it and chopping it.
0: I microwaved it in my special contraption that we'll talk about. And then... (laughs) Worked out great. And again, I processed the whole thing. And again, judging by my family, they love this one the most by far and away. But I also cooked it more Chinese. I did a a, a potato starch slurry to fry it so I can get the whole crispy. Mm-hmm. You did like the lattice underneath
2: it? Wow. Yeah, dude. Dave wow. really went above That's and That's actually
0: not a... I don't
1: see that in Chinese restaurants. I see that in... That's like a hallmark of Japanese gyoza too is the the web of sort of fried starch that connects mm-hmm. all of the dumplings in the pan. Kind of like a, a little potato so starch good, chip, Yeah. Which is very, very delicious. Like I a think. skirt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's classical. I think it's it's delicious. I'm I'm super glad that Priya you got some use out of it and that you froze some because like that's the that's the real secret about gyoza. They freeze super well and it's like mm-hmm. a really nice thing to have when you're uh, stoned late at night to find a bag of frozen gyoza.
2: But you have to be really careful about how you freeze the gyoza.
1: Yeah, say more about that.
2: Yeah, so when I was freezing them, like the first bag I did, I put them way too close together. I was trying to fit as many gyoza as I could in one bag. And then the second bag, I separated them out and then did two layers separated by parchment paper. And that was definitely the superior move because once you have, once they get stuck together in the freezer, yeah, I even done. tried like microwaving the stuck together dumplings and it just doesn't work. And you end up just, I just fried it as like one super dumpling.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, yeah, you got to freeze them sort of in a layer with separation between them and then bag them. But, uh, man, but they, can they I give you a trick if you're going
0: to freeze them? You need to boil them first. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's the trick. What does that do? I mean, like, boil them, then shock them, and then um, coat them in a little oil, and then that's easier. Or you just put a lot of flour on them when they're raw. Right. And that's how you do it.
1: Yeah, I usually do right. a ton of cornstarch or something.
2: Well, I want to say one thing really quickly about your dumplings, which is that, like, I feel like as someone who, like, has vegetarian tendencies, you know, I usually prefer the vegetarian option. I think... In this case, this was one of those moments where I was like, the fat of the pork is really essential here. Like the dumpling mm. itself was very juicy and succulent. And it is harder to recreate that juiciness when you're working with a vegetable, or when you're working with tofu. And that was something that I actively missed in Dave and my recipes. Um, I'm okay losing.
0: I don't think I've <laughs>
2: really won a
0: recipe club uh, yet with the exception of maybe the stuffing and the potato puree one, but, you know, that wasn't, like, a clean victory for me. But I feel like Chris Ying easily wins this week's... I don't even have to vote. There's no vote. I think, you know, Chris won. (laughs) It was such a good recipe that I decided to make another kind of recipe out of it.
2: Yeah, I like, I'm going to make this again, like, next week. Chris, how does it feel to have such a decisive victory after Dave just like snatching it away from you week after week. <laughs> I, I I don't,
1: it's just, it's like, it's one of those things, man, where you you try to interview a, a quarterback right after the win. It's just going to take weeks for this to sink Rudy, in. I don't, I don't even
2: know.
1: I mean, I'm misting up guys. I'm I'm tearing up here. No, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a victory for me. It's really a victory for the recipe author.
0: This is a good. This is a great recipe. I actually think all the recipes were very, very good. Right, I think Priya's was good. Although I think you could tweak. I think my recipe, you could tweak. But your recipe from start to finish, very, very good. Uh, yes. And again, a recipe that doesn't deviate from tradition uh, at all and was delicious. Although I would, you know, there's different ways you can cook it too, right? And, and I thought it was great and. You deserve the win, but that's not. Real. We, we again knew that you were going to win, but the real battle here is for second place. And, um, oh my
2: god! <laughs> oh my I, why don't god. we just leave it at Chris? Why don't we just leave it at no, Chris's win?
0: No, who, who, which of the two do you like, Chris? Priya's oh or, my god! Or mine? See, Like this is
1: the true Mitch McConnell move: is knowing
0: <laughs> that Andrea Wynn is on the other side of this, and then Dave putting
1: it on me to choose second place is the Mitch McConnell move. Listen, like I said, as a as a strictly <laughs> gyoza filling, without any judgment, with all the love in the world for Andrea, when Chang's vegeta- vegetarian dumpling is better.
2: Davis his vegetarian- is literally pumping his <laughs> fists right now. Oh,
0: okay. yes! <laughs> second place never tasted so good. <laughs>
1: my, if we're going to talk best practices here, I, I, uh, my takeaway from making both of the dumpling recipes you guys submitted was that like, I got to stop being such a meathead. Like I never, I've never made vegetarian dumplings in my life. I, I, I'm just going to start doing it more. It's great. Cause dumplings, my kids will eat them. Without regard for whatever the fuck is inside. So, uh, more ve- vegetable dumplings in 2020. My, my takeaway
2: was the opposite. My takeaway was like, oh, I like meat dumplings more than I thought. <laughs> Maybe my recipe should have been a meat dumpling recipe. We've
1: both, we've both had our eyes open to other sides yeah. of the fence here.
2: I, I also want to say that I feel like, you know, kind of the beauty of Recipe Club is that sometimes the traditional recipe wins out. Sometimes the tempeh bacon BLT wins out. And, <laughs> I don't know. I think like for every dish, it's like really interesting to like put the most traditional version kind of to the test. And I think this is one of those cases, which I think I think it's probably more uncommon for the traditional version to win out. But where I was like, oh, there's like a reason this is like the OG gyoza. Like it lives up to that.
1: I like that, too. I agree with you, Priya. I do also think it was nice that you were able to sneak a mention of a past victory of yours into a good point. So, well played, Priya.
0: I'd also just like to add that I came in second place and Priya came in last place. Not third place, last place. It's all that matters. I'm in the middle and forgettable. That's all I want.
2: You know what, Dave? My debate coach once said that second place is first loser. So, Well,
0: that's for A-plus students, but for a second place or a C-plus student, that's like an A-plus. (laughs) <laughs> yeah second
1: place is the first loser I think I had a bad boy club t-shirt with that on it in elementary school too
0: um let's wheel, do the wheel, the wheel, of, wheel of death. wheel of death this is really problematic because I haven't had a real victory in like the 10 recipe clubs <laughs> we've done. Really yeah
2: well I think you know it says something I
0: mean recipe club <laughs> is something.
2: unimpeachable man
1: it's an unimpeachable judge of of quality recipe club cannot be denied so It's just the truth. All right. On the wheel this week.
2: Oh, this is good wheel. We've
1: spaghetti, instant ramen, eggplant, biryani, flatbread, Velveeta cheese, casserole, hummus, canned crescent rolls, and halibut.
2: Wait, can we just do, we need to do instant ramen because we need to pit Korean instant ramen against like Chinese instant ramen against Maggie noodles.
1: Well, you need to make you need to make an appeal to the fates here because this is in the hands of the wheel, my friend.
2: Oh God!
0: Listen, I love Cool Runnings too. I love that movie, but the Jamaican bobsled <laughs> team will not win a gold medal.
1: <laughs> what? Uh, what's everybody hoping for? What's everybody dreading here?
2: Well, Seth hates eggplant, so I'll have to eat a lot of eggplant. Alone. I hate
0: I, halibut is like my least favorite fish. Although the halibut tail is the only part of the halibut that I like, um, because you can cook it. Like a like a steak on the bone, but halibut in general is. Oh. I um
1: I could not be rooting harder for canned crescent rolls. My God, yeah, do I, I want to have that. cans of crescent rolls in my house right now?
0: I mean biryani. I don't know. That's not even Priya's wheelhouse. It's a different part of India altogether. So that could oh, yeah. be a real weakness for her. That could be that could be interesting. I would love to see biryani just
1: because I want to eat a ton of biryani. I know I will lose whatever (laughs) biryani recipe I bring to the table. I think
0: flatbread, Priya could have a, there's, you know, Priya has
2: more tricks up her sleeve on flatbread. You have more tricks up your sleeve on flatbread. (laughs) Which one
0: can you
1: not, which one is a guaranteed victory for you, Chang?
0: I mean, instant ramen. I think I'd win spaghetti. no.
2: Definitely not instant ramen. I
0: think I'd win hummus, casserole. I mean, now I gotta turn it (laughs) on. You know what I mean? Like, now I'm like, okay, I've lost a lot. I, I have to I have to like really put in, some, put in some extra credit work. And the only thing that I really don't want to make is uh, eggplant and halibut. I mean, eggplant, you can only do so much. Um, I feel like we'd all make some kind of baba ganoush or, or something like that, which I love, but it's just, or fried. There's just not so much you can do with eggplant for me. And I'm not going to make eggplant parm if we land on eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine. Why not? Velveeta. Velveeta is, I like, but I don't want to make recipes for. So, Velveeta is probably the one I want to do the least.
2: I you don't want wanna casserole, do cas- Priya? No casserole? I, I don't think I've ever eaten a casserole. I'm not actually no, no, sure no, like casserole
0: is a broad
1: category. Yeah. Just shit baked in a casserole dish.
2: If I get it, I'm going to make
0: all of us make uh, a cassoulet. Uh, from scratch.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. Oh jeez. I'm, sure, I'm sure you're going to do it from scratch too. All
0: right, let's give this bad boy a spin.
1: <laughs> oh, it's slowing on. It's, oh, oh, look at it's that.
0: casserole. It's
2: Fria's oh, it's no. casserole. <laughs> no. Oh,
1: uh, look out for that cassoulet everybody. It's no. Fria's nightmare. It's The cassoulet is not casserole,
2: Dave. You can't that that's not a thing.
1: Why? You can call
0: anything a casserole. It can be a cassoulet casserole. Dude, casserole literally <laughs> is a catch-all for
2: anything. It's like calling it, you know, something sugar. What's sweet? <laughs> do, like, do we <laughs> want to put limitations? Like, casserole is so huge. Like, you could do anything.
0: So I just googled casseroles. 70 best. Let's just go through them
1: pretty quick. The wi- you know what, Priya? Cassoulet is listed in the Wikipedia article of <laughs> About casseroles. Really? So
0: going off the bat, yeah. you got a sweet potato casserole, cheesy collie hash brown casserole, chicken. Oh, fuck. I think I might make this one. This one looks good. <laughs> I am making this one. Chicken bacon ranch casserole looks oh my god. god! Oh, my God. Beef noodle casserole. That sounds like right up Priya's alley keto meatball casserole that seems like a yang one if there is one <laughs>
2: meatball keto meatball casserole
0: creamy chicken quinoa and broccoli casserole that sounds like an Isaac Lee casserole keto meatball uh, keto meatball is my nickname <laughs> I, I'm making this I'm telling you right now I'm making Which the chicken bacon ranch
1: cause that's dude, gonna, what I'm gonna do I'm just bringing hamburger helper
0: Denver omelet tater, tater tot. tot casserole fuck yeah dude <laughs>
2: I feel like in order to win, I'm gonna have to like sort of tap into like the Chris and Dave like stoner meal mentality, you know? <laughs> I don't um, know, Maria. Priya.
0: Priya, why why would you say that in such a negative, degenerative like way? <laughs> Marijuana was just decriminalized by Congress today, so no, you can't make that kind of statement anymore. Ooh, teriyaki chicken casserole, <laughs> that's mine right there, baby. I think she just um, called us a bunch of stoners, Chris. I, I thank you pepperoni <laughs> pasta much. casserole pizza pepperoni pizza pasta
1: you know oh. the thing about this right now is what's happening though is like chang i don't think you had lunch because i'm looking at these and i'm like i want to eat this but this is like growing grocery shopping when you're hungry oh, this is geez. gonna be a yes. life life of regret after chicken we make one bacon of these things. ranch
0: is a holy trinity combination
1: that's oh gonna be God. awesome i can just chang is mm. let's just i'm glad it's on the record that chang is excited about these because i'm gonna get some angry texts from him all later of these this look month. so good all right, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap this up. So we'll, we'll reconvene with Priya in a few weeks for casseroles. Um, this is great.
0: What do you think Priya's going to... Let's just guess. What do you think Priya's going to make?
1: I think she is now going to defy expectation. I think she's going to come with a meat casserole. I really do think she's going to come with a meat this time.
0: I think she'll, she'll probably do something like even classic like tuna casserole.
1: No, no way she does tuna casserole. She's still going to pick something outside the box, but I would be surprised if it was like keto
0: meatball. Chris, what are you leaning towards?
2: He's gonna do like a crescent
0: roll casserole. <laughs> Just get my crescent <laughs> rolls in there somehow. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna do some I'm gonna do some annoying thing where I'm like technically a casserole is derived from the etymology of the Chinese word uh whatever and it loves to be a lion's head.
0: Oh fuck, this recipe's so sick. <laughs> Since oh, come on. What guys. are you looking are you looking at chicken bacon ranch again? Yeah. So you put the rotini pasta and then you put shredded chicken cooked and crumbled bacon you mix that together then you put a bottle of alfredo sauce ranch <sighs> seasoning mozzarella cheese one cup of monterey jack mixed together top with another cup of one half cup of monterey baked for 15 20 minutes dude that's gonna be I am so
1: lactose intolerant. <laughs> this is gonna hurt so bad.
0: Yeah. Oh man, this is gonna be so good. <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh
1: <laughs> like I said, tune in a few weeks when we we reconvene with Priya for this uh casserole slash lactate pill eating bonanza.
2: Yeah, I'm so sorry, Chris.
0: I have to win this. This is this is this is this is like my life is on the line. I am going to yeah, win this is, this, this is thing. this is
2: definitely a must-win for Dave. <laughs> it's
0: a
1: must-win situation.
0: Um,
2: all right. <laughs> or Dave gets kicked out of his own podcast. <laughs> Please, I've <laughs> been trying So much work. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, guys. Thank you. Stay tuned for another episode of Recipe Club. Thank you, Priya. Give us five stars on iTunes. Come on, man. Don't give us anything but five stars and <laughs> be nice. That's all I'm going to say. Be nice. We take this shit seriously. <laughs> give us five stars and um, send us ideas. And we are continuing to change this up as we go along with new guests and new ideas. But uh, thank you for the support. Bye. Bye.